Welcome back to this week's edition of The Walkthrough, where we check off all of the week's most trending topics in your real estate industry. I'm your co-host, Byron Lazine, along with Eric Simon, the broke agent. We have joining us... Lishanat There there we go. Have to have it. We have joining us back on The Walkthrough, uh, regular guests here on the show. We have Jason Cassidy joining us. Cassidy, what is up, brother? And we have Dustin Brome, the massive agent, both with us today. Appreciate you guys coming in. You know, Eric and I have been talking about if there's one where we thought I might have to miss, you, you both are the the next in line to take the hosting seat, the official Ooh, succession. I like that. So, it's some succession. As the co-host, it as the co-host, it is not me. By the way, it's either Jason it's or Dustin. Total succession. Because, who's, you know, I'm not a great who's, facilitator. Who's Kendall and who, news, who's so Roman? Color commentator. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good question. Who who would you rather be, Jason? Uh, I think I vibe with Roman a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> it's an interesting pick. Either either direction you go, uh, but. But yeah, there will be a, a vacation I have in November, so one of you guys is going to have to quarterback this thing. Eric is more of a a slot wide receiver or a flanker, you know, so he can't step into the QB position. That's according to him, so I'm, I'm just using his analogies, not mine. I know my strengths. I know my content strengths, and I know Jason and Dustin would be better facilitators. Yeah, that's all. It'd be fantastic. So I appreciate you guys coming on. we got a lot to cover. Uh, before we do that, if you enjoy the walkthrough, we're able to do this show every single week because KCM helps us do the show, brings us so much value and information, and they're bringing so much value and information not only to this show, but to so many of our markets and so, so many of our teams with the information that they're providing. So hit the link below, try KCM for free, trykcm.com forward slash BAM is how you can actually try it for free. Uh, you can get all of the branded content branded to you, all of the charts, all of the information that you need to get more listings today. So try it below, trykcm.com forward slash BAM. All right, let's get into uh, topic number one, Hurricane Ian, specifically uh, what can you know real estate professionals do in these communities that were just completely destroyed in, in some instances and impacted you know throughout the state of Florida? I... I personally have my uh, personal residence in Naples, Florida. And so when it was looking like it was going to be Tampa, Tampa, Tampa all week, you know, we didn't do much of a preparation to evacuate. Then in the last 24 to 36 hours, it's like, no, this thing is dropping south quickly. It's going to hit anywhere from, you know, Fort Myers, Cape Cape Coral, um, maybe as high as there. So it ended up hitting that. Fort Myers, Cape Coral, which is, you know, 20 minutes north of Naples and and storm surge obviously whipped around and smacked uh, Fort Myers and Naples area pretty significantly. We, we did evacuate, went to Miami. Thankfully we had the resources and the ability to, you know, make that quick decision and do it. We did it in the nick of time, but so many people have not. Today's the day after, you know, the real last 24 hours were, were pretty brutal. And, you know, I know a lot of people, that have been sending me some some photos that are still there that you know are, are fine and, and safe. Uh, and it is just 
devastating to see, especially, you know, I know so many of these landmarks spend a lot of time at a lot of these places. And, and it was very depressing to see, you know, what it looks like today. Um, so let's go around and, and kind of get, just get your thoughts on the, you know, the tragedy. And then from a real estate perspective, safety's number one, but what, what's number two going through your mind as an agent? Uh, Jason, we'll start with you. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've never experienced a hurricane, so so I can't weigh in there. Um, but but natural disasters, you know, thinking back to like COVID or whatever, it's like that. It, I, I look at these as like time to time to be a good human, right? And not even thinking about the real estate angle. So like, especially if it's your neighborhood that was impacted, if you live in Naples or Sarasota or one of these kind of Florida cities that that was impacted, it's time to to get out and and help, pass out food, pass out water, help you know help rebuild people's businesses and homes and stuff like that without really an expectation. I feel like. Um, just be present, be part of the community. You know, that's, that's what we are as, as kind of like lightning rods in our communities. We want to be present. We want to be active and, uh, and just help people when they need it. I think that the time for, um, you know, I think back to like COVID and like people like took advantage and made branded face masks and branded sanitizers and tried to like capitalize on it almost. And that was always kind of like weird to me. And I feel like in these type of natural disasters, I think being part of your community and being out there to help and, and monetarily too, if there's, you know, if, if there's a place for that, if you can do that and there's some, some assistance needed, right. You were, I don't know the fullness of it. I think Byron, you were kind of mentioning Naples got hit pretty hard and there was some fatalities and things like that. So I'm sure that there's going to be some funds that pop up. And if there's a monetary angle that you can participate in, fantastic. But man, just just be a good human. Well, you mentioned capitalization, that there will be a flock when, when these things happen, there will be a, a flock of you know people starting different contractor businesses because there's so much insurance money obviously involved. This is further down the road of you know, some of the steps in between of just being a, you know, a good member of the community and all of that. And, you know, I, I think about, a, you know, agents that there's going to be so many people that live in, you know, when I think about Naples, there's so many people that live in Chicago, live in the Midwest, live in Canada as their primary residence, live in the Northeast, Connecticut, New York, uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, you know, these types of places that are going to call their local agent and ask for resources of, you know, what they should do, who they should talk to, how they should start to you know, repair any damage. And you got to be careful as an agent, because there's just going to be so many contractors popping up out of the woodworks trying to capitalize on this insurance money, you know, really being that resource locally. And again, this is this is a few weeks down the road as, as you know, you know, the aftermath kind of settles down. But you, and that word capitalization, I wrote it down and underlined it because it, it's, it'll be happening in a big way. When you have all this insurance money flowing around. Uh, Dustin, your thoughts? Yeah, Jason, that was very well put. I mean, it's time to it's time to time to put the prospecting and the marketing on the back burner for a minute and be the leader that you claim to be in your community. And that could just be on your street. That could be your subdivision. That could be your whole city. I don't know, whatever that means to you. But people, when there's so much crazy shit happening, you need to be the lighthouse. So the lighthouse in the in the storm, so to speak. Um, and if they, if people learn that they can come to you to get plugged in with resources, or if they need a food bank, or if they need, um, you know, a bunch of crap torn out of their house that got destroyed, like people don't usually need stuff like that. And so if you are the connector, people are going to come to you and see you as that even after the, uh, you know, after the natural disaster subsides. And, and I think that that's a big deal. Um, I remember hearing a story from Tony Robbins where he talked about a guy 
who he either bought a garbage truck or he just got a giant trailer. And I, I believe it was in New York where they just weren't able to pick up garbage for a long time. Or no, I think it was Houston after a hurricane. And so this garbage was piling up and people are getting pissed with the city. And they're like, our garbage is piling up. This is gross. It stinks. It's unsanitary. And this guy took it upon himself to just go start picking up shit. He just started picking up garbage and people tried to pay him. He, he wouldn't take it. He was just trying to help. And he happened to be a real estate agent. And everyone in that community remembered this guy and what he did for them and how he went out of his way on his own dime. And his business, I believe 10 or 20 X afterwards, because he, he put himself in a position of um, authority kind of, but just like, Hey, this person really does care. This person really is there to be, uh, you know, to be helpful in the community and people want to work with somebody like that. So um, I think you can capitalize on the situation, but not do it in such a ridiculous, like unsavory way, like just be helpful. And you'd be surprised at how that can actually help your business later on. People, people will remember it forever, the things that you do. And there is some deftone marketing going on, Dustin, to your point. And I know, Eric, we, we talk about like not automating anything, you know, for purposes like this. I was yesterday, I'm going through the scroll, you know, of just kind of what's going on in, in Naples. And somebody puts out there, great day to go shopping at Waterside Shops and showing like this beautiful sunny day. And it's a, it's a Waterside Shops is this mall right by Pelican Bay, which got completely destroyed. And it's showing like, you know, a normal day in Naples, which is clearly not the case. So there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, when you set up on Sprout Social, and I'm not picking on Sprout Social or Hootsuite, some of these automated services where you can just put content out on a schedule, you can get yourself into to trouble. I've actually, even though I'm sitting in a hotel in Miami and I'm not there, I just don't even have the motivation to make really any posts right now. I'm not, I don't even have a story up right now because it's just, and Eric's probably seething right now with, with, you know, no click setting to bam, but no, I'm joking. Yeah. But you know, it's just like, there's just so much going on in my, you know, in my hometown and it's hard to, to throw up the post from a marketing perspective, Eric. I mean, what would you even do if you were an agent? Do you just documenting, you know, things that people should know about or what yeah. would you do? Well, I've seen Derek Gregory and Candace Decker who are kind of showing pictures. They're showing like news sources. They're showing updates from, you know, Ron DeSantis or whoever's kind of letting people know exactly what's going on in their community, sharing weather reports. And like Dustin said, kind of being that resource for the community. I remember during the the Houston uh, hurricane or floods, I think back in 2017, a realtor named Nicole Lopez reached out to me and said, hey, we're doing these Houston strong shirts um, you know, for the real estate community. And we want to sell these and, and give back to the funds, basically. And we sold thousands of these shirts and raised a ton of money. So there's a, a ton of fundraising that agents can do and they could utilize their social media for or sharing links of, you know, this is where you could get supplies or this is, you know, the dispatch. And these are the numbers that you should call if your animal is in trouble or you have a, you know, another person's in trouble. So I think being that resource and posting that on social media would be a good move. But I agree you know, from a marketing perspective and content, if you have funny videos, anything coming out like in the Florida area, put that pause on the schedulers right now and just, yeah, like Jason said, be a good human, be the resource. I will say because I've been through hurricanes in the in the Northeast, my first year in real estate, 2012, we had Superstorm Sandy kind of really 
really ruined a lot of waterfront communities in Connecticut. That was one year after Hurricane Irene. They were both Cat 3s about, you know, 115 miles per hour. This was well over, you know, 150 in a lot of instances. And there was gusts as high as 190. This this was crazy, this one. Um, anyways, what I will say to agents that are in this area, and this is just a good – Anything can happen in anywhere. It could be a hurricane here. It could, it could be something else somewhere you know, somewhere else that stops your business on a dime. You mentioned Kenneth Decker. Her and I were, were just chatting like, hey, what, what what's your guess on how long the market just stops? And so if you're an agent and you're living like commission check to commission check, how a lot of people in America live paycheck to paycheck, you're and you serve this community, you're going to be in trouble. In this, and this is why I'm just urging agents in other areas, you know, to think about this before maybe you're in this position, unfortunate position someday, having a savings, having the ability to tap into, you know, funds in your business when things like this happen, because there ain't nobody buying and selling over the next couple months for sure. It happened in Connecticut. I mean, the waterfront market completely stopped. People didn't want to buy. They would re- they refused to buy after Superstorm Sandy until they figured out what flood insurance was, was going to look like in the future. And if you're waiting on an insurance company to decide policy in the future, you're going to be waiting months. You're going to be waiting years. You're going to be waiting a long time for these people to make these type of big decisions. And what ended up happening, Nicole, who does the railroad with me, her and I had a, a couple of waterfront listings on this street. The way we actually met was we used to do these brokers opens because you couldn't get buyers at the, at the pro- waterfront properties back then. There were no buyers. So you would just invite a bunch of brokers to the house and throw these parties. So it makes it look like you're doing something. There was 30 listings on this one waterfront street. So we did this whole big like block party um, just to look like we were doing something to, you know, to keep the listings. And imagine that 30 listings on one little waterfront street in a small town of, you know, 20,000 people. And there was nobody looking at any of these properties. And, you know, I I don't think it'll be that extreme in, in Florida because there, there's a lot of de- you know, desirability, but there's going to be people that wake up today and tomorrow and just say, you know what, we're going back to the Midwest. I don't want to go through another one of these. We're going back to the Northeast. I don't want to go through another one of these situations and, and it'll create abundance of inventory. It'll create a lot of uncertainty. Things got to get repaired. It's going to take a long time. So patience is needed. I'm hopeful that many of the agents have saved money and didn't go out and, and spend it on just, you know, anything over the last couple of years, there was a downtown Naples. There was a McLaren something floating around. It was one of 375 cars. It was just purchased two weeks ago. I'm hopeful that that owner has, has a savings and blow all their money on McLarens. But, you know, it just made me think about agents who like blow their money on white BMWs when you know, they don't even own, own their, their house or something silly like that. And so I hope that's not the case, but it is, it is a, it's kind of where I'll finish a good you know, piece of advice to build up your savings for when situations like this. Any final thoughts on this, guys? Mm, you mentioned it really quickly, but like if you were a, a Naples realtor and you come back into Naples today or tomorrow and you know you've got 200 past clients, well, 15 of them are second homeowners who aren't in Naples, it, maybe do a drive-by of their house or something, right? Give them a quick little video and send it to them. Be like, hey, I know you're kind of probably worried about your house. I just I just did a quick drive-by. Here it is. Looks looks okay. This tree fell down. You know, something like that. Just and unsolicited. Just do a quick drive-by for them. You sold them the house. You're their you're their boots on the ground. Um, something like that is just kind of being a good human, letting them know that that 
so they can see with their own eyes because they may not know for a couple of weeks till they get down there or something. That's great. Everybody's everybody wants. Yeah, to know. something as simple as just texting and texting and reaching out to your clients and just seeing how they're doing. Also, like nothing that's you know social media aware or anything like that, but just reaching out to them, calling them, checking in on them is probably. Yeah. I think what you don't do. want to do is the Grant Cardone hurricane sale banner ads all over the internet. Um, look, I know he believes that any you know any publicity is good publicity. At a local level, when you're a realtor and there's like 20,000 other options, that's not really the case. You don't want to come across as this giant insensitive douchebag. So just be careful with what you're putting out there. Byron, I'm glad you mentioned the automated stuff. I mean, I've had drip campaign texts go out on Christmas morning before and you're just like, fuck, you know, total mistake, but it makes you look like shit. Let's be very careful because people are hypersensitive right now. Understandably so. And Jason, I will say one thing about, you know, not capitalizing on tragedies. I, I did think about selling at one point Pablo Escrobar face masks. And then I, I posted it once and then took it down immediately. I was like, this is extremely foolish. So uh, point well taken. I was just envisioning somebody Probably giving out plywood with their this. with their face and phone number on it for, for <laughs> windows, you know, and then it's exactly. like this. I don't know, man. Branded, branded, branded water bottles, you know, f- driving around on a jacuzzi or jet ski with their branding all over it, something like that. Like just Pablo Escrobar. Escrobar. I like genius, that t-shirt. Right? It's pretty funny. Could be a, could be a future yeah, BAM t-shirt. Hit, hit the thumbs up if you buy that t-shirt immediately on a merch store and BAM. Yeah. Okay. Uh, topic number two, T360 announced something huge yesterday. Stefan Swanepoel uh, did a webinar and announced that they will be launching a real estate news company. In fact, he owns the domain realestatenews.com. He's had that URL for almost two decades. When I saw the announcement, Eric, I said, how did we not own that domain? But two, two decades ago, we weren't, we weren't buying URL up, L's up. So, you know, he's had it for a while. So uh, they've got Mitch Robinson, the president, uh, as the president of this this will be a standalone company from T360 is launching it, uh, but it'll be standalone. Uh, Mitch Robinson's former Inman, he'll be the president. Steph Reed Simmons, his former Zillow, uh, sounds like will be the number two. And so T360, if you're unformiliar, I've gone to many T360 summits. They take a very non-biased approach to the industry. They have industry giants on these panels, usually the you know top 16 CEOs that, that'll go through a, you know, a two-day Q&A with T360 members, uh, they stay very much down the middle and they, they just supply a lot of real estate data. They come out with the T360 report every single year, which I read, which kind of just lines up brokerage and you know what they're seeing, big trends in tech. And, and now they're coming out with this uh, news company. But Eric, we'll go to you first. We don't usually go to you first this early in the game, but wow. let's go to you and, and get your initial reaction to another real estate news company in the BAM space. We're, we're calling it the BAM space now. It'll be interesting to see how they go about this. Is it going to be website focused? Is it going to be email focused? Is it going to be social media? Are they going to be pumping out viral clips like we do four or five times a day? I don't think so. I think this is great for the space in general. It just provides more competition, more fodder, and more, you know, a, a more, another news source for us, for BAM, to take the news, dissect the news, and you know, give it to the people like we're doing now on the walkthrough. 
So I completely welcome this. You know, there's Housing Wire, there's Inman, there's the real deal. Now, realestatenews.com, not a great name, an incredible URL, obviously, but I don't think it's like a, a cool name by any means. But I, th- I completely welcome it to the space and I look forward to see how they're going to disseminate this information to agents. Is it going to be edgy? Is it going to be funny? Are they going to have personalities? Or is it just going to be kind of like the Bloomberg of real estate, which I think is kind of the goal of what they're trying to do? Yeah, it it sounds like that with the announcement. Dustin? Yeah, I think great URL. Amazing. But let's be honest, the the average agent has no clue. Like they don't know who the Swanapole character is. They've never heard of T360. I barely know what it is myself. And so in fairness, that's yeah, very true. It doesn't mean that they're not going to be successful, but I think they'll find their audience with their current audience, right? The people that are already aware of them and attracted to them will probably um, be there. And look, this is not a space where there's only one winner, you know, like people want multiple sources of, in- of, of income, multiple sources of news and and information as they should. So if they can, they're going to get a certain type of thing here from BAM, which these guys cannot recreate. They just can't. Um, they've got Inman, they've got Housing Wire, they've got all these others, right? So people are going to pick and choose. Great. So I think it's probably going to be a value add to the industry. Um, I just, I think their success will hinge on how much money they can put behind getting the word out because the average agent has no clue who any of these people are. I have a thought on that, Jason. Uh, let's get your thoughts first. I mean, I, I think it's great. I, I think everything, it's a secret aspiration of mine to be on the, the top 200 list on Swanapool's list as the power players in real estate. You know what I mean? I think, again, I've been on that for social media. <laughs> Dustin, right. Like, Eric, has not, yeah. Eric has not been on, on that not list. The top. Oh, really? Why don't you check 2017 Swanpool top 200 you, you uh, were, social media. Social media. You were, no, you, you were not on the, the, top, the power 200. You were not on that list, but you were on a honorable mention um, social media something to watch. It, it was like a participation trophy list, something a side category. Honorable uh, mention. Something to consider. Something to consider. The power 200 that Jason's mentioning is, is uh, you were never on that. The 200 way. most important people in real estate. And so your C-level people, your Refkins and Sanfords and Glenn Keller, you're like, those are the people that are that are usually on there. But so so that's always been an aspiration. In fact, uh, Byron, I think I met you for the first time in person at, at the Swanapool Summit here in San Diego, right? And we may have yeah. met once before, but we did a podcast. You were out in Coronado and I came over and we filmed that. Um, and so that being said, like Dustin's absolutely right. Nobody knows who Swanapool is. Stefan Swanapool is of, of the 2.7 million realtors, 2.699 million of them do not know who Stefan Swanapool is, but Robert Refkin does and Tamir Pollack does and Glenn Kelman, you know, you know what I mean? Glenn Sanford do. And so like, I think what, what's going to be interesting is like, if you look at, um, you know, the C-level people, when they have news to break, they, they may feel more comfortable going to, to Swanapool's news outlet versus Inman right? Or, or real deal, especially, especially Robert Refkin. Um, and so like, they may actually get that high level. Why is Redfin and Zillow partnering uh, type news 
um, that I like a lot. You know, I, that's why I go to to Inman and Real Deal in these places because BAM has their whole niche about agent centric stuff. They have the personalities, they have the quick hitting kind of like reels and stuff like that. The social media covered. They're very much the BAM is very much the bar stool of all of this. And they they bring it to the people. Inman's kind of like the CNN of it, right? They do get some news and some pieces. This is going to be like the Bloomberg. This is going to be like where the C level people go. I think to to break their news. A great sports analogy would be this is the Adrian Wojnarowski, uh, you know, where where to your point, they're going to go directly to T three sixty or Adam Schefter, right? And they're going to give them that that trusted. I want you to leak this. I want you to break, you know, this story. Or here's a merger. You have it as opposed to Inman. So this does, you know, cannibalize a little bit of what. You know, Inman has always done, and, and Eric mentioned you got Housing Wire in that bag, and, and the Real Deal, and RealEstateNews.com now with T360 all competing to break stories. I love it for Bam. It puts us in such a unique position. Nobody's nobody's uniquely in the space of exactly how we're doing it, where we're taking the breaking story and then putting it into the platforms on how people are actually consuming it and and giving you know, opinions on it and that kind of thing. So I think it's great. One thing, just in terms of their reach, how are they going to reach people? You, you know, Jason mentioned, obviously, they've got these CEO, you know, relationships, but how are they going to reach the masses? Well, they also have these MLS relationships. And so I do believe you'll see them go to some of these MLSs and say, hey, you know, pay us to give all your members access to realestatenews.com. And then it'll be interesting how many of those MLSs that are already doing that with Inman drop Inman for this, hmm. you know, because that's one way Inman has grown their reach so much is going directly to the MLSs, selling the content to them so that they can give free passwords to their users. Yeah. I believe Real Estate News will play play out of that same playbook. And I think it's great because they're, I, they're I'm I have so much respect for what they deliver every single year in our industry. I'm looking forward to, you know, grabbing this content from a band perspective. I think it makes BAM better. Uh, I'm I'm just really looking forward to it. And, and BAM is playing a game that nobody else is playing. So I'm excited about that as well. I just want to see how these, how these media companies are going to attack social media. And are they, I, I thought that well, Inman would start evolving with their Instagram it, or with a TikTok or with YouTube or something, and I'm seeing nothing. I thought, you know, when we're we're coming on here, that maybe there would be like a counter move or something, and I'm not seeing it happen. Housing Wire is doing a little bit of it, and let's see what Real Estate News' social media play will be. We looked at the T360 Instagram. There's not much action going on they, there. They have nine yet. likes so, from a post 23 hours ago announcing yeah. this. You know, he's been waiting 20 years to do this. Something that can benefit all brokers. And it, it's a static image. It's got nine likes. They don't understand how to use Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. It's an enormous mistake out of any news. Just think about that. A news media company in 2022 that doesn't understand how to drive traffic on IG. The Real Deal is doing a decent job at it. So the Real Deal has actual commentators and they're showing you know green screen and news happening in the background. So they're definitely evolving with it. But I'm seeing nothing from kind of the traditional media sources in real estate. And they have to understand that people consume content, you know, millennials, Gen Z, that's how we consume content. Like we're not just typing in a website and we're not really, you know, doing it from email necessarily. We're, I'm not typing in inmin.com except for, you know, research for the walkthrough or something. I'm getting my news fed to me in feeds on Twitter 
and Instagram and TikTok, and then I'll check out the news source. That's how people, Jason and I were just doing our, our mastermind and refer yesterday. And they're saying that's how they get the BAM articles is they see that we posted about it on Instagram where they see a clip from a massive agent podcast and say, hey, I'm going to go watch that entire thing. So I don't see it happening yet. It'll be interesting to see. It's wild it that does. it has it. It's shocking. Yeah. Inman has so much content. I mean, they do these giant events. They have speakers. Uh, if they they have all this content, I know they record it. They're just like sitting on it. It's it's kind of bizarre. Well, the, and, and the problem is too, a lot of these, you have seen some of these companies do these long form podcasts. They don't know how to chop it up. They don't know how to, you know, write captions around it. They don't know how to disseminate it on on TikTok. They just here's the other thing. Eric and I talk about this a whole bunch, and especially the last couple of weeks, it's the people they're hiring don't use these apps in their real life. You know, mm-hmm. hiring people for BAM that are actually using TikTok regularly or Instagram regularly is really important to us as, as we continue to move for, forward and build because. If you don't understand the apps that you're creating content for, it's going to flop. Agreed. All right, let's go to Zillow making some news. They are launching Showing Time Plus. It is their Netflix or Hulu version of all their products, which include Dot Loop, one of the products they acquired. Obviously, Showing Time is going to be in this package. Uh, their 3D plan uh, company that's a Zillow owned company is going to be there. So it's going to be a, uh, a basically your Adobe premiere for agents from a Zillow perspective. Cassidy, what, do you, what are your thoughts on this? I didn't. So I jumped into like the news article about this. It kind of feels like this is them packaging what they already had, right? So so they kind of like took showing time dot loop and then the, the 3D tour, uh, what, what's it called? That one, um, their media side, and they're putting it all together under showing time plus as a way to like, kind of like consolidate within their own company. Um, you know, Zillow's made no buts about them trying to become the first, you know, start to finish platform for uh, beginning with consumer search to showing management to document management to closing services, mortgage title escrow, all, all that type of stuff. And 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 what they say, right, is that they want to do it with the agent, the good agents at the core of it. And so they don't want to replace the agent; they want to empower the agent to then to then do more business. But they only want to work with the top ten percent of agents. They get to pick and choose who they work with. And so I feel like this this particular news article was just them kind of consolidating under that one umbrella um, as all of their agent facing stuff. So they want their agents, their flex agents, their partner agents, to be able to use Showing Time and Dot Loop and all that stuff instead of. Um, Skyslope and all these other third-party applications. They want it all under one. And they want their agents, the best agents in their mind, right, to be using their suite of services. So I feel like I, I think that they're on the right path in the sense of like empowering agents versus cutting out agents. Um, it We can have a, probably a whole other show and debate if, if that's true or not or, or what, what agents think about that. But um, I, I think they're just kind of doing what they've said that they were going to do and empower the agents that they're partnering with. Feels like a good business move. Dustin? I mean, I... I just know the Cliff's notes of it, but it does seem to me like they're just taking what they currently have, bundling it together. That's probably going to be a good move for them. They'll probably see more revenue from that. Uh, I see it similar to how Disney has the Disney bundle where you get Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus. I recently saw some ads in my feed. I'm already paying for Disney Plus, already paying for Hulu. I wasn't using ESPN Plus, but I'm like, wait a minute, I could just have one payment. I could have ESPN Plus now, and it's going to cost me couple bucks less, that makes a lot of sense. So if you have agents doing the same thing, 
maybe they're paying for dot loop, but they're not using showing time or vice versa. And then they're like, wait, for just a couple bucks more, I could get all of it. They're going to, Zillow is going to be increasing their revenue dramatically, even if people aren't necessarily uh, using those products, because they're going to see it as a good deal. That's, it seems to me like it's just uh, their Disney bundle. Yeah, the, the benefit to the agent is it's going to drive down costs on a lot of these products because competitors are going to have are going to have to, you know, follow suit. Okay, well, if I can get this whole package from Zillow at a lower cost, now I've got to lower my cost. So the technology across the board is is going to become you know cheaper for agents, which that's a good thing. There are MLSs that are dropping showing time, so be it's interesting to see what they're replacing, how cost effective that is. Do they go back to you know, Zillow and make a deal with showing time if, if those products remain at a higher price. Uh, but yeah, I think it's a r- really smart move from, from Zillow and you know, wh- why not, why not be the first you, in you the know, industry to do what's that? What's always been interesting is that like Zillow has always been the boogeyman in, in real estate, at least as long as I've been in the business for, for 10 years or so. And I think that what they're doing here by buying these companies up and stuff like that is that the agents are thinking that they're going to get replaced, right? And my my theory has always been, well, if you're replaceable by a software, then you probably are going to get replaced. And it's not Zillow's fault. Zillow's just the company that got there first, but someone else would have come along too. And so if your only unique selling proposition was access to the homes, like it was back when we had MLS books, well, Zillow search did away with that. And then if your only unique selling proposition was um, transaction management, well, Dotloop just did away with that, right? So now if your only unique selling proposition is something that can be replaced, you were going to be out of a, a job at sooner at some point anyways. They're just kind of compiling all that. So so get real real serious with your unique selling proposition um, because if it's going to get replaced by technology at some point, then, then so are you. And this bundling of options for agents is just a preview of what they're going to do on the consumer side. Yeah. They will, totally. they will bundle the option for the consumer to sign their own contracts. But then when they walk into a house that they've scheduled on their own, they can press a button and submit an offer on their own. I mean, this th- that is coming, and that's directly from Rich Barton's mm-hmm. mouth, essentially, if you read between the lines, at the last T360 Summit, which we mentioned in the previous topic. Yeah, you can easily schedule a home. You do a Matterport, or you search a home on Zillow. You do a Matterport 3D tour. You schedule a tour. You go to the property. If it's vacant, there's just a keypad on the door. You have a 30-minute window to do your keypad. It's it's video monitored. You walk through. You write an offer within the app. Dot Loop takes care of the transactions. DocuSign takes care of the signing. And then they'll have mortgage, title, and escrow for closing. I mean, what is your unique selling proposition here? You're going to have to combat that because some buyers are really going to like that option. In the com- you could point at captions on TikTok and do a couple dances. Yeah. In the comments, cu- curious works. if you're using Showing Time or Dot Loop, or if you're using one of the competitors. And we'll just drop the competitor in the in the comment if you're using one of the competitors. So just love to um, know what what you're using. All right, let's go to our, our final topic here, which is viral shorts. Eric, tee this up. We have been posting YouTube shorts for really heavily for the last month and have been kind of frustrated with the results on these shorts. Some get 500 views, some get 50 views, some get a few thousand. Byron just came out with a YouTube short. We posted on BAM of him him talking about how school should have no summer. School should be a year round thing. And this clip went absolutely viral, has 20,000 plus views, has 95 comments, and it's driven a lot of subscribers to the Broke Agent Media channel. And Byron, I'll let you get into exactly what you were trying to say so you could defend your point here. <laughs> but my point from a social media perspective and from a YouTube perspective is 
you have to hammer YouTube shorts with all of your clips from Instagram and TikTok, put them all on shorts as much as possible. It's a completely different algorithm than the long form content, and it will not interfere with the long form content. A lot of people are concerned about that. But there was a statement from YouTube itself talking about how these two interactions will not interfere with each other. And each short gets recommended in the algorithm, you know, as an isolated incident. So even if you post one five minutes before, post another five minutes after, it's not going to affect the performance of Mm. that YouTube short. So, Byron, why don't you tell us exactly what you were trying to say and why you think this clip? Yeah, another about. reason YouTube shorts are so important right now, and then I'll and I'll get back into defending my position there, would is that YouTube just said over the next ninety days, if you get X amount of views, I forget what the you can look it up on Google, but essentially you're going to be allowed to start monetizing the views from shorts. So, by them saying that, they're pushing a lot of traffic towards shorts. Same way that TikTok, same way that Instagram Reels is. You know, if you're not creating as many short form videos per day for your business, you're leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. Uh, my, I talked about this in the real world. The short is from the real world where I, you know, there was a study in the wall street journal about sleep. And so kids are not getting enough sleep. These sleep scientists say, should you start school later? And I'm a, a big proponent of getting enough sleep. I said, absolutely. You know, this is their developmental ages. You know, I, I'm, I do it for the kids, Eric. And so I want kids to sleep in. I want them to, you know, be able to have good bones and grow and, and live a fulfilled life. So yeah, absolutely sleep in. But what are we doing to their minds, preparing them for their careers in the future by saying you've got two and a half months off in the summer? There's not a job in the world you can get that you get two and a half months off unless you're a teacher, right? Teacher. And so why don't we just make it even across the board, everybody has to work year round. This is called life. This is called America. This is called planet Earth. We're not on Mars. Elon hasn't brought us to Mars yet. You're not going to get two months off in the summer. So why would you get two off two months off now? So start school a little bit later, shorten the school day, go year round. They do it in China. Why do you think, you know, they're from an education standpoint, <laughs> why, why do you think they're kicking our ass? From an education standpoint. It's a society we should replicate. And, Absolutely. And it'll be easier on the parents. Um, and I just think we're going to – listen, you go to school in September or August whenever you start. And if you remember growing up, what happens? What do they teach you for the first month? All the crap you learned last year because you forgot it and you got burnt out laying out in the sun all summer and doing whatever the heck you were doing. You got to relearn that stuff. So if you can just keep stacking up you know, your education month over month, that is my – that is my point on that. And so that is people are going to say you're psychotic. You're out of your mind, right? And those are the comments you want on some of these shorts, right? So the the short and the Instagram reel and the TikTok that I put up a couple of weeks ago with me from me and Glenda doing a podcast together where she took a very divisive position that don't put money into a 509 for your kids college in the future buy them a house and use that to pay for their college in the future. If college is even an option that you want to proceed with in 15 years, which could be debatable, that short video between TikTok and Instagram reels is over 15 million views between the two of them. Dave Ramsey just picked it up on his channel. They showed the clip and talked about it. You don't get this kind of views or PR anywhere else for literally there, there was no ad money behind that that's an organic post that just went and took off you're not going to get it 
with a with a two and a half minute video. You're not going to get it with a horizontal, you know, listing video. You, you're not getting that kind of attention doing these other, you know, the, uh, these other forms of media that have been more traditional on social. Cassidy, uh, what's your take on on both my school take? Because you've got and Dustin, you've you know. <laughs> Your take as well, but you've got kids. What, what do you think? Uh, and then on the more of the marketing perspective. For yeah, you, I mean, the marketing side, you know, the right controversial type opinions are going to elicit comments and they're going to elicit shares, which is going to be better for the organic reach of your video, like period. You know what I mean? And so the, the difference that works on TikTok, that works on YouTube shorts and that works on Instagram. Um, I, I think as a real estate agent, you should kind of play it down the center as opposed to um, you know, taking a side on either way, because I think that you can alienate half of your, your population really quick if you throw out the wrong take. Um, but that being said, I think throwing out controversial topics and letting your, your comments go wild is, is, is great, smart. So it's, it's really well done. As for the school thing, I think that that, um, that was pretty funny uh, that, that you laid it out like that. My kids are still a ways away from school. I, I, I do think there are year round schools now, but they go like three month on, one month off, three month on, one month off, um, as opposed to nine and three. I always kind of assumed that the, the nine and three thing that the, the time off was for the teachers, not necessarily for the students. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's sound logic, Byron. I have no, uh, I have no input one way or the other yet. I hadn't given too much thought of it, but I don't see why that, that that's wrong. That is preparing them for life a little bit more. And, and when you, to your point, when you go year round plan, Oh, but you know, December could be one of those months off where there's a lot of holidays happening and you can kind of, match up the calendar to, you know, to these, um, timeframes where, where it does make sense to have a little bit more time off Dustin. Yeah. I love that you're challenging just the way things have always been done. You know, that, that doesn't happen nearly as much as it should. And you're right. Like as far as education, China's kicking our ass and because they're, they're doing things the way that, that they should be, or, like they're thinking through, okay, what's most productive? Like, how do we actually get the results? Now they have a lot of shit with their society that is absolutely like no way, you know, like anti-freedom, like crazy. Right. But when it comes to education, they're doing a good job. So it's helpful and productive to challenge the status quo. And, uh, and so I could see why people who are challenged dove into that content, you know, whether they agreed or disagreed, or it was just thought provoking, no wonder it worked so well. And that's the lesson there. If you have something thought provoking that's kind of poking, um, you know, the, the status quo, it it could do well as long as you're articulate and, and you don't um, you don't take too long to get your point out with short content. I mean, the, the, the Glenda clips that have seen millions of views. I didn't know Dave Ramsey picked it up and promoted it. It's just it's wild. I had a huge paradigm shift from none other than Eric Simon, the broke agent. When I was bringing my podcast over to join BAM, we were talking about these clips and I had always mentally, my podcast was always top priority, like make the podcast recording, the audio, like that's the priority. And then the clips that came from it were just kind of like an afterthought. That's kind of how I approached it mentally. And Eric taught me that, hey, like your podcast could get, let's say, let's call it 4,000 downloads, but one clip from one episode that's 20 seconds could get 40,000 views. And then another clip could get another 15,000 views. And it, it, it taught me, even though I kind of knew this, but it, it really put it in perspective, like, wow, the shorts are everything because that's where everyone's attention is at. And so I think any agent right now that can hone their skills and become very talented with 
not just communicating, not just being comfortable on video, but concisely, quickly communicating within 30 seconds or less, that is a skill that is absolutely an income producing activity that will drive so much damn business to you. It's crazy because you're getting attention and people are actually watching it versus something that's super long. If it's a YouTube video and they're searching for it, that's another story. That still works, obviously. But social media, people want quick takes. They, they don't, they're not going to give you three minutes. And like the, the beautiful thing about taking the podcast conversation and then finding the gold in it, the great clip is, I mean, if you look at Glenda Baker, for example, this reel uh, of the podcast where she was on the Byron Lazine podcast is by far, by far her most viewed reel of all time. And it's, it's because there's a different level of, you know, of gold that you can find when you're having this conversation, you're pulling information, you know, out as opposed to sitting down and saying, I'm going to batch record X amount of topics, right? Glenda's the best at sitting down and batch recording topics and getting really good content out there. But when you're having a full conversation and you're going deep with people in real life, and that's why I really prefer to do the pods, you know, in person. Now you just get a whole nother level of content out of it and it can be, really be explosive. Yeah. The clips, there's no dead space. There's no ums. There's no lights. The editing. It's quick hitting throughout. Yeah. The editing is so good. And you know, with the captions and everything, but it you're engaged throughout the entire video. When you have these long form conversations, you do, you know, sit and think you do have filler words and the, the way these clips are edited, it just keeps you engaged that entire time. So that's why they're doing so well on social in the comments uh i would definitely love your thoughts on on my school take though i'm, I'm curious uh how many and i know that these just kind of fill up the the comments when when we have topics like this but uh it's it's that book if you haven't read this book read it outliers malcolm gladwell you know you can compact a lot of stuff in a short amount of time that's what these short clips are doing compacting a lot of information in a really short period of of time, you know, same thing with how we think about, um, you know, not being soft, right. And, and maybe a little bit more education would be a good thing. You know, who would stop this Dustin? You know, I was just thinking about this when you were, when you were talking on the, uh, on the actual topic there for a little bit, colleges would be against this because would you, you might only need two years of college if you were going to school mm -hmm. year round, by that point you'd have so much done and, you know, kind of like, you know, cereal companies wanted to invent breakfast colleges probably Maybe they invented this, this, this yeah. summer off mentality. It, I, I don't know. You know but. who I think would really be behind it is working parents. I mean, any any working parent, like they're pulling their hair out in the summer. For sure. They're like, what do we do with these kids mm -hmm. running around? And it's not that they don't want the kids around. It's it, it, it fucks with the schedule, you know. So if it's a more, yeah. um, if it's if there's more consistency throughout the year that they can plan on, and it's not this big chunk of like you know five days a week school, 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 and then nothing um, like that really messes with working parents. So I think what you're proposing is not crazy uh, because it adds more consistency. Summer was my time as a high school student between freshman, sophomore and junior year to lift, to tan and to come back looking stronger and facier for all of my students. So it, it, 
for me, it was a necessity. I had to do that. I would go to San Diego for a few weeks. I was really skinny, so I would always be crushing this breakfast buffet. I would do two-a-days, be working out, working on my golf game. So I am completely against this because there's people out me that like me out there that have to come back to school looking as tan. And as Jersey Shore as episode. Jim so, Tan Laundry, completely right? GTF. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tucson, Arizona. I love – we can well, clip yeah. out Byron saying, I care about the kids. I want them to have good bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. This psychotic statement. So, someone in the YouTube shorts literally commented on Byron saying, "This is a madman." In all caps, one of the Was funniest you comments from your I've burner account. There. I was sending those to Byron yesterday. Yeah, exactly. And it, and I, I wanted to circle it back to getting comfortable saying things that you know might drive a lot of comments, especially when you post it on YouTube shorts, especially when you post it on. TikTok, you're going to find a new audience. I never thought one of my clips would end up on Dave Ramsey. I mean, that's just incredible. Some some people I haven't been in touch with uh, that I grew up with in over 20 years have reached out to me on some of these clips. Like, hey, somebody sent me this clip. And I was like, dude, I know that guy. Like, I grew up with him. And, and so you get reconnected with people like how when Facebook first came out, when you when you produce something that has a lot of reach. And it's just going to help that next piece of content that you put out that's really impactful to your community or maybe very helpful in the situation like we talked about circling all the way back to the top of the checklist with you know, Hurricane E. All your other content is going to reach even more people when you're, when you're able to grow uh, by saying something a, you know, a little bit you know, out of the ordinary. And so I'd encourage you to try that with your content. Appreciate you guys jumping in. And uh, and being there for us on this walkthrough. Appreciate all you guys that are continuing to tune in. If you're listening, we'd love for you to consider leaving us a review on Spotify or Apple. And if you're here on YouTube, please consider subscribing to the Broke Agent Media channel. Appreciate you guys. Throw it a like. Throw it a like for Smash that like button. Thumbs up. Yeah.